Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, brought to you by CFRC's News Collective, Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zayden Vergara, Katrina Johnston, and Mia Letnin. CFRC's news programming is also brought to you through the support of the local journalism initiative, Queen's University, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. I'm Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. To start us off, we have a few messages from the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. Connecting communities, increased hours, and expanded access at KFBL's Pittsburgh branch. In response to the evolving needs of community members, the Kingston Frontenac Public Library has introduced extended hours at the Pittsburgh branch while expanding overall operating hours at the branch. The Pittsburgh branch is now open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday and 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays, with a blend of conventional staffed hours and extended hours, during which registered users are supported remotely by off-site staff. Staffed hours have increased to 40 per week and will not be reduced as a result of this project. During extended hours, registered users Users can browse the collection, borrow and return materials, pick up holds, and access public computers and Wi-Fi, copy, print, and enjoy the space. Chief Librarian and CEO Laura Carter states, As Kingston East continues to grow, so does the need for library services in the area. We are committed to evolving alongside the community's needs, and we recognize the flexibility in library access is key. Extended hours allows more people to access our rich resources and welcoming spaces. Users can sign up in person at any of KFPL's 16 library branches to access extended hours, providing identification and agreeing to the terms of use. This service is available to individuals who hold a KFPL membership in good standing and are 16 years of age or older, or are 14 or 15 years of age with permission from a parent or legal guardian. Safety and security during extended hours are top priority, with measures including video surveillance, clear separation of staff in public areas, and a pre-registration process to identify users. Additionally, a phone is pre-programmed with buttons to summon emergency services or request assistance from library staff at another branch. Hours of operation, both staffed and extended, can be found online. To learn more about extended hours, visit KFPL's resource page and explore previous consultation and community engagement. Also in KFPL news, Service Canada joins KFPL to offer information sessions and clinics. Service Canada, in partnership with Kingston Frontenac Public Library, is offering a user-friendly option to access services for residents. First off is the newcomer session on October 26th from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Calvin Park branch. Newcomers to Canada will get an overview of Service Canada offerings, including the benefits of social insurance number acquisition, the job bank, foreign credentials recognition, employment insurance, the Canada Pension Plan, and old age security. No library card is required to register. Next, on November 16th from 3 to 4 p.m. is the Indigenous People Session. A dedicated session for members of Indigenous communities will be held at the Central Branch. Discover the advantages of the post-secondary education support program, youth employment strategy, assisted living program, passport service, and benefits for families. No library card is needed to register. They will also have one-on-one clinics. Service Canada will also host first-come, first-served one-on-one clinics at the Isabel Turner Branch. These clinics will assist individuals in completing pension applications on November 30th from 1 to 3 p.m. and social insurance number registration on December 6th from 2 to 4.30 p.m. For the pension clinic, please bring valid photo identification, your SIN, and any supplementary documents if applicable. For the SIN clinic, please bring a primary document such as birth certificate, proof of Canadian citizenship or permit, and secondary valid photo identification. Librarian Jake Miller states, Service Canada's presence at KFBL underscores our commitment to fostering inclusion, respect, and support for all community members. These events provide an excellent opportunity for individuals to learn about the valuable resources available to them, ensuring that they receive the benefits they have earned." End quote. 
Next up, an announcement from South Frontenac, South Frontenac Drive-Thru Flu Shot Clinics. South Frontenac Township is once again teaming up with the Sydney Medical Clinic to host two drive-thru flu clinics this fall. No appointments necessary. The first will be on Tuesday, October 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and the second on November 7th from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. These will take place at 2490 Keeley Road. Please wear short sleeves and remain in your vehicle at all times. You will need to show a valid Ontario Health card for all family members getting a shot. Masks are strongly encouraged. For more information, you can contact the Sinda Medical Clinic at 613-376-3327. This is a reminder that the University District Safety Initiative has gone into effect as of October 14th in anticipation of homecoming events. Kingston Police and City By Law Enforcement are reminding students to be mindful of their behavior and to celebrate responsibly during homecoming activities. The UDSI began on October 14th at 12 a.m. and will remain in effect until November 1st at 12 a.m. During this time, bylaw and police will have an increased presence in the university district. Individuals who commit an identified offense under the nuisance party bylaw could be issued a Part 1 court summons or an administrative monetary penalty. Police and city bylaw are working closely with Queen's University, Kingston Fire and Rescue, Frontenac Paramedics, Kingston Health Sciences Center, and other partners to ensure minimal disruptions to the community during this time. The administrative monetary Monetary penalties process means penalties under the nuisance party and noise bylaws can be issued and resolved directly through the city. Penalties include the following. Host, conduct, or sponsor a nuisance party, $2,000. Fail to comply with an order to leave premises, $500. Use a closed highway, $500. Noise bylaw offenses, various $100 to $200. Fail to comply with signs, $200. Under Ontario's Liquor License and Control Act, the following actions are prohibited and could result in a Part 1 court summons. Person under 19 years having or consuming consuming liquor, having liquor in open container, or consuming liquor in unauthorized place, being intoxicated in public space. Bylaw enforcement and Kingston Police liaison teams have been out in the University District connecting directly with residents and distributing educational materials. Breakwater Park and Gord Edgar Downey Pier will also be closed to the public nightly from 8pm to 6.30am, starting from the evening on Thursday, October 19th to the morning of Sunday, October 22nd, as well as from the evening of Thursday, October 26th until the morning of Sunday, October 29th. Under City of Kingston bylaw, it is an offense to enter or use a park where the entry or use is prohibited by notice. There will be active video surveillance of the area at this time. Residents are encouraged to learn more by visiting the UDSI webpage on the City of Kingston website. The City of Kingston aims to support harm reduction measures for Queen's Homecoming this year, in part by facilitating the extended operation of food trucks throughout the event. The motion presented, stemming from conversations between councillors and the Queen's Alma Mater Society, was to waive some of the time restrictions on refreshment vehicles for businesses participating in AMS events at locations approved by the city. This would mean extending the business hours for these food trucks to 2 a.m. This would take place throughout the University District Safety Initiative that's October 14th to November 1st. This would also involve giving the city's director of licensing and enforcement the ability to revoke or modify the terms of these extra hours when necessary. The goal of this move is to reduce harm by ensuring participants in homecoming festivities have access to food and non-alcoholic beverages throughout the day. Counselors discuss the motion from various angles, considering how this decision could impact this year's homecoming. The intention behind this AMS collaboration for food trucks is harm reduction. Um, I'm just concerned that we are in someone else's kitchen here. Is this a Queen's issue? I, I do have some concerns about the overall motion. Um, one is that the 2 a.m., I am worried that the public is gonna hear we're condoning street parties until 2 a.m. Uh, and that will be the optics of this. My concern is that we are gonna be sponsoring 
this unauthorized street party with food trucks up until 2 a.m., which is going to be a public thing, which with the recent last couple of events that happened and with the attendance being down, attendance may go up because now they have someplace to eat as well. I am very concerned about the optics of this because yes, we may not be sponsoring something, but we are allowing, we are permitting it. And so we as council need to decide what is it that we are going to permit? Because in the eyes of residents, what we permit is what we endorse. There was also an amendment added to this motion suggesting that these food trucks be restricted to Queen's campus. I think it's pretty clear what this amendment is for. It's the idea that yes, Director Smith should have that ability to extend the length of time that food trucks are open, um, but personally I would feel a lot more comfortable if this were restricted to Queen's University campus. I know the idea is that we're trying to help disperse and spread out students, uh, however I'm not sure that having them in the community neighborhoods is going to achieve that and I, I realize there's no way to know until we try, but I think that as a, a slower first step with the intention of helping Queens to, to deal with this issue, um, I, I would prefer this. It was assured that bylaw and Kingston Police would be prepared to factor this development into plans for homecoming. So we will have a significant police presence as well as a bylaw presence. And if we do have the food trucks out there, they are going to be something that we are patrolling rather frequently. So I think that we could react very proactively before something got out of hand. Councillors also expressed the need for more communication between the city and Queen's AMS for future events. I think that AMS should be here tonight. To, to speak to us if this is something that would really be helpful for them. I would prefer trucks to be kept on campus for lighting, for safety. I just think it would be a better move. And further, if AMS did this last year and they wanted to take it further, they should have reached out sooner. Here we are with a council motion, no staff report, trying to make the best decision we can, and they had every opportunity to reach out sooner. Um, Councillor Glenn, you've been trying really hard to collaborate with them consistently. I've, I've seen you doing this, this work and staff as well. So I think that if we could send AMS a message respectfully, if you need something, let us know earlier, please. So I hope that that could be passed on. I am also disappointed the AMS is not here to speak because I was hoping they could maybe expand on what their plans were. With the amendment of restricting the location of these food trucks to Queen's campus, the motion passed with a vote of 11 to 2, adding to the list of measures being put into place for this year's homecoming. Enjoy homecoming, come here, be safe, uh, go to bed early, and drink lots of water. That's all for your headlines this week, and next up is Zayden Vergara with your sports desk. Good evening everyone, my name is Zayden Vergara, and welcome back to your CFRC Sports Overdrive. Stay tuned at 5.30 here, a long-form interview with Queens football players Alex Vreekin, Eric Colonna, and Aiden O'Neill talking about their current season and the team morale giving us a little bit of insight on their dynamics. The team is coming off a big road win against Guelph last Saturday, 24-17, and will have their homecoming match this Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m. at Richardson Stadium. Tickets can be purchased at GoGalesGo.com. Get them before it's too late. Or tune in to CFRC's live coverage starting at 12.45 p.m. You do not want to miss out. But on that note, that's all for your CFRC sports coverage. Stay tuned at 5.30. All right, thank you so much. Hello, my name is Erica Singh, and this is your Campus News. 
Today, I am joined in studio by Victoria Taylor, and she is a representative from Queen's First Aid. Hi, Victoria. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you, Erica? I'm great. Thank you so much. So, um, as we all know, homecoming is coming up. This year, HOKO is on the weekend of October 21st. And can you please tell us what Queen's First Aid is and how you are going to be present this homecoming weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So Queen's First Aid um, is an anonymous service on campus. So we help students out with any kind of medical emergency they might be experiencing. So nothing is too big or small. Um, Even if you just have a little cut, we're there to help. Or if you have something a little bit more serious, we're also there to help you. Um, And we just support students with whatever's going on. And they can reach us through the emergency report center and they'll dispatch a team of um, responders to wherever your location is. And then we'll just support you as needed. Victoria, can you please let me know what are some types of common medical emergencies during HOKO? Yeah, absolutely. So during HOKO, we tend to see um, a lot of things related to intoxication. So if people are drinking a lot um, and they drink a little bit too much, we tend to see a lot of things related to that. So sometimes that might just be people sick from having too much to drink, um, or it could be injuries that are caused by being a little bit intoxicated. So lots of falls um, and maybe getting injured by things outside so maybe like telephone poles um, or cuts from cans and things like that all right thank you and are there any specific first aid measures or safety measures in place for this homecoming weekend yeah, so there will be responders um, at the ARC outside at Earl and Aberdeen, and we'll be there from 11 to 4 on the Saturday of homecoming, and we're there to provide extra support for anybody who's out on the street that might need some assistance. And then we also have our team on call the whole weekend, so that team will be on call overnight and then throughout the days on Friday and Saturday. So if people are in need of help there, we have extra responders ready to go. All right. And what is the protocol for contacting first aid in case of an emergency? So if somebody's in need of first aid, they can call the emergency report center. So the phone number for that is 613-533-6111. And the emergency report center will dispatch Queens first aid to wherever your location is. All right. And I would recommend that everyone saves that number in your phone if you are planning on going out this homecoming. Do you have any recommendations for staying safe and healthy during HOKO? Yeah, so I would say making sure that you're always with a friend. Um, So if you're drinking, make sure you're never drinking alone and you always have a friend with you. Um, And then making sure that you're going slow eating throughout the day um, just so it doesn't hit you as hard. So making sure you're having like a good breakfast and having some snacks throughout the day. And then making sure that if you are going out, you're only drinking whatever drinks you have just in case some drinks have other substances in them that you weren't planning on having that day. Um, And make sure you've always got your health card with you in case something happens. So then if you need to go to the hospital, you've already got that there. All right. Um, Well, thank you so much for this important information, Victoria. Um, As always, stay safe during homecoming. And that's all for me today. Now over to Mia with the weather. now time for your CFRC weather forecast. On Monday, October 16th, it'll be cloudy with a 30% chance of showers early in the morning with a high of 14 and a UV index of 1 or lower. At night, it'll also be cloudy with a low of plus 3. 
On Tuesday, October 17th, it'll be sunny with a high of 16 and a clear night with a low of 9 degrees. And on Wednesday, October 18th, it'll be sunny as well with a high of 17 but cloudy at night with a low of 11 degrees. And that's your upcoming weather forecast. Check back in with us on Wednesday, October 18th for your weekend weather forecast. Now it's time for your weekly CFRC traffic report. In road closures, Clarence Street, Ontario to King will be closed on October 16th at 7 a.m. to October 20th at 7 p.m. for the installation of a sanitary lateral. Elliott Avenue, Rockford to Wycliffe is closed on October 16th at 7 a.m. to October 30th at 6 p.m. for the installation of a pedestrian crossing at Elliott Avenue. Queen Mary Road, Notchell to Greenview is closed for the Utilities Kingston Nets project. University Avenue, Union to Earl is closed until December 22nd for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's JDAC project. Wright Crescent, south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace is closed until October 31st for construction staging for 11 Wright Crescent. In parking disruptions, the Town Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is underway. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and will include efforts such as routine structural maintenance, renewal of waterproofing materials, and upgrades to the building mechanical and electrical systems. The work is expected to conclude in late December. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to public parking for the duration of the project. Phased work areas will occupy a maximum of 40% of the available parking stalls at a time. Up to 180 spaces will be out of commission. There is parking availability at the Hanson Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages in the two adjacent blocks to the east. Also in parking disruptions, public EV charging stations at Center 70 will be unavailable until late October 2023 due to the seasonal relocation of the sleeping cabins to this site. In other delays, Bath Road at Queen Mary, you can expect delays for the Utilities Kingston Nets project. Bay Ridge Drive Woodbine to Cataractway Woods. Expect delays until November 30th for Phase 1 of the Bay Ridge Drive Cycling and Pedestrian Improvements. Dunham Street at Dunham Park. Expect delays October 16th to 20th while contractors are completing intersection upgrades. On Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, expect delays due to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. You can expect delays from October 16th to 20th while contractors are completing intersection upgrades at Lancaster Drive at Bentley Terrace. Mona Drive at Mona and Humberside, and Mona Drive at Mona and Linwood. At Princess Street, Collins Bay to Bay Ridge, expect delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks and traffic signals. One lane of traffic will be maintained in each direction at all times on Princess Street. Sir John A. McDonald Boulevard at Johnson, expect delays for the installation of a new high-pressure gas line for Utilities Kingston. Taylor Kid Boulevard, Collins Bay to 100 meters west of Collins Creek Bridge, expect a lane closure until November 15th for the Collins Creek Bridge Rehabilitation Project. Westbrook Road, Princess to Windermere, expect delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks and road rehabilitation. For sidewalks and pathways, Clarence Street, King to Wellington, expect a sidewalk closure on the north side from October 16th to 20th. Rideau Trail, Queen Mary to Parkway remains closed. That's all for your traffic report this week and next up is your events calendar. Now it's time for the CFRC Community Concerts and Events Calendar for October 18th through October 24th. If you have an event you would like covered on our website or news programming, contact us via CFRC.ca today. On October 18th, Bri Webb, singer and principal songwriter for the rock and roll band The Constantines, will play Hotel Wolf Island from 7 until 10 p.m. and the show is all ages. 
Ever wanted to try out playing an instrument? Check out Joe's M-I-L-L at the Kingston and Frontenac Public Library from 4 p.m. until 6 p.m. on October 18th. Renting instruments is free and for all ages. Also on the 18th, check out Neil Carter playing the classic hits you know and love at Spearhead Brewery for free from 7 until 10 p.m. On October 19th, at the Club RCHA, Bob Robertson and Dave Barton will be playing an eclectic mix of pop, country, and western swing rock from 7 until 10 p.m. on the 18th. Tickets are free for club members or $5. Also on October 19th on Wolf Island, check out Standards at 7. Dave Rappaport and the Usual Suspects will be playing jazz favorites for a dinnertime set at Hotel Wolf Island from 6 until 8. The music is free. That same night, also at Hotel Wolf Island on October 19th, check out Hezekiah Proctor, Carolyn Mark, and Jenny Whiteley, who have won Best Country Slash Folk Act in Cult Montreal Magazine five years in a row. Also on October 19th at 7.30pm, Dan Magnin brings his Going Somewhere tour to Kingston Grand Theatre. Tickets are online now for $34 to $39. And finally, on October 19th, Spencer Spenny Rice will be playing the Royal Tavern 2.0 in a free show. Friday, October 20th, catch Chris Jackson and friends at Blue Martini playing covers and originals from 7 until 10 p.m. At the Broom Factory on October 20th, catch bands The Arrogant Worms and All-Inclusive Comedy presented by KPP Concerts. Tickets are available $35 and the show will begin at 7.30. That same night, October 20th, KBS presents Kim Pollard at the Club RCHA. The show begins at 8pm, tickets are $20 and are available now at the club or by phone. You are not going to want to miss Hashtag Live Music Friday on October 20th when Scott Palmater plays the Skeleton Park Brewery for free from 5 until 8pm. On October 21st at Blue Martini, you can attend the fundraiser for Kingston Community Arts and Design. Featuring bands Echoes, Six Deep, Stun Seed, and Freaks and Geeks. Tickets are $10 with more opportunities to donate through the silent auction and door prizes, and the fundraiser will begin at 9 p.m. On October 21st at Blue Martini, you can attend the fundraiser for Kingston Community Arts and Design. Featuring bands Echoes, Six Deep, Stun Seed, and Freaks and Geeks. Tickets are $10 with more opportunities to donate through the silent auction and door prizes, and the fundraiser will begin at 9 p.m. Also on October 21st, Chris G at Gan Brewing Co. with an intimate singer-songwriter show playing covers and originals. The show is free and will take place from 2 until 4. From 4 until 7 p.m. at the McKinnon Brothers Brewery on October 21st, catch Owen Fullerton of Willy Nilly playing the sweet sounds of Willy Nilly solo at one of the nicest spots in the area, and the show is free to see. Also on the 21st, Feral Minx and Pound Salt will be playing Red House West. Tickets are available for $22, and the show will begin at 7 p.m. Catch You've Got a Friend, a musical tribute to James Taylor and Carol King at the Broom Factory on Sunday, October 22nd. The show will begin at 2 p.m. and tickets are selling for $22 online now. Also on Sunday the 22nd, Motel Ben is back at the mansion with Cacao for the last night of the Queen's University homecoming event. For new electro-funk, soca, reggae, and art pop, covers and originals in English and French, the show is $10 at the door and will begin at 8 p.m. And Jen Calder will be playing a free show at Spearhead Brewery beginning at 2 p.m. on October 22nd. On October 23rd, the Morning Doves will be playing a free show at Musiki from 8 until 11 p.m. 
Tom's Tuesday afternoon happy hour jam continues at the Club RCHA on the 24th with Open Jam with Tom Savage. The show will begin at 4.30 and is free. Now there's two open mic nights happening on Tuesday, October 24th. There's one at the Royal Canadian Legion branch, and it's an open mic and dance where you can bring your instruments to play, sing, or dance. It's $2 to get in. There's also an open mic night at St. Larry's Pub that same night, presented in collaboration with music and digital media, as well as the Musicians Guild, and that one is free. And those are your upcoming concerts. Next, our community events calendar. Thank you, Mia. It is now time for a community events calendar. On October 18th, come and pet Oscar, our fluffy golden retriever, St. John's Ambulance Therapy Dog, and meet his handler, John. Drop in at any point during the hour. Oscar will be at Mitchell Hall every Wednesday at noon by the Student Wellness Services Office on the main floor. Also on October 18th, a psychoeducational group benefits with a mix of theory and practice. It is for students who want to improve their focus and decrease signs of anxiety and stress without having to spend hours in sitting meditation. During each of the weeks, you will get the opportunity opportunity to experience a variety of mindfulness exercises, for example, body scan, mindful eating, and mindful self-compassion, in an environment that allows you to ask questions and receive feedback. Regular attendance is recommended to get maximum benefits, but drop-ins are welcome from 4 to 5.30 at Mitchell Hall in the Student Wellness Services. You can learn more and register at queensu.ca. On October 19th, Interfaith Chaplain Aaron will lead us through times of movement, stillness, contemplation, and reflection as we ground ourselves in nature. This is a great opportunity for intention and connection open to all Queen's students. All skill and experience levels welcome. Meet at Theological Hall at 11.50 a.m. on the steps that face the tennis courts. This will include a walk along the waterfront, stopping frequently for mindfulness, reflection, and poetry, and then returning to Theological Hall. Also on October 19th is the Mason Jar Meal Pickup. Mason Jar Meals contain all the key ingredients and spices to prepare a quick, easy, and healthy meal. Register for a Mason Jar Meal at queensu.ca. This is a student-led initiative supported by Queen's Student Wellness Services. Students can pick up a jar for free while supplies last from 1 to 4 p.m. at Student Wellness Services located in Mitchell Hall. On October 20th, come talk to current master's or PhD students about what a graduate degree at Queen's looks like. Connect with student mentors in a wide range of programs. You can connect for a one-on-one chat following the event or anytime if you have questions. Register at queensu.ca slash artsite slash meet a mentor. Located at the Grad Club from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Also on October 19th is the Tricolor Classic Commerce vs. Eng basketball game. Tricolor Classic is a nonprofit club at Queen's University that organizes annual games between the commerce and engineering faculties to help raise money to fight against childhood cancer. Last year, they raised over $50,000 to help combat childhood cancer, and their goal for this year is $100,000. Please see their website, tricolorclassic.com, to buy tickets. This will be located at the Leon Center from 7.30 to 10 p.m. On October 20th, the Queen's Alumni Homecoming events begin. The Alumni Homecoming weekend is an opportunity for people to come together and feel a sense of belonging in the Queen's community. Alumni travel from across Canada and around the world to Queen's campus to relive their memories of being a student here. It's a magical weekend of school spirit. The full event schedule for alumni is on the Source of Queen's alumni website at queensu.ca. On October 21st, the morning homecoming events begin. In the morning, there are open houses by each faculty, where current students can network with alumni learning about their careers after graduating from Queen's. Similarly, alumni can learn from current students about what has changed and what has stayed the same. You can register online at queensu.ca. Also on October 21st, the afternoon homecoming events take place. 
football is a big part of Queens culture, and it's no surprise that many of the Alumni Homecoming weekend events are planned around the 1 p.m. football game. There will be a parade with bagpipes leading alumni and current students from main campus at Grant Hall to Richardson Stadium at West Campus. Wearing school colors, especially your year jacket if you have one, is encouraged. For those who aren't able to get tickets to the football game or who are looking for alternative programming, the Alumni Office plans events on main campus in the afternoon as well. Once again, be sure to view the full schedule for Queens Homecoming at queensu.ca. On October 22nd is a free observatory tour and astrophysics talk. This month's featured speaker is Queens PhD student Parisa Nazari, who will discuss dust in the interstellar medium and the inefficiency of star formation. Nazari will also share some of her experience with amateur astrophotography. The presentation will be followed by a tour of their facilities, including the McDonald Institute Visitor Center, and viewing nearby and deep sky celestial objects on their telescopes, weather permitting. This event is free and open to all ages, located at Ellis Hall from 7.30 to 10 p.m. On October 23rd is the exhibition Art and Wastes in Nunavut. This event is for all students with a special focus on Indigenous students. The exhibition includes over 60 works of art by Inuit artists. Tours are available to groups under 20. The opening celebration will take place on Tuesday, October 24th at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. On October 24th is the Indigenous Drumming Circle. Do you know the many benefits of drumming? In addition to community connection, drumming can improve stress management, mindfulness, motor skills, and so much more. Join the Four Directions team for a casual weekly drumming session. No experience is necessary and they have instruments to share. Note this is only available to Indigenous students. This event will be in person 1 to 2 p.m. every Tuesday at the Four Directions Indigenous Student Center. Finally, on October 24th is the Slumber Camp for Chronic Insomnia. At this camp, there will be no bugs or wet sleeping bags, but there will be a lot of hard work. The goal of this camp is not just to teach you strategies for better sleep, but to coach you on how to understand your own sleep patterns learn how to take action in a personalized way, and conquer insomnia for good. This camp is for you if you experience chronic insomnia. This means difficulty sleeping despite your best efforts at least three nights a week for the span of at least three months. Camp starts Tuesday, October 24th from 1.30 to 3 p.m. in person at the Student Wellness Services located in Mitchell Hall. Attendance at all six sessions is essential. You can email swsotref at queensu.ca to register. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats, and sunglasses. Everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear. Dear listeners, as you may have heard, Meta, which owns Instagram and Facebook, is blocking Canadian access to all content created by news providers, including this radio station, in response to the Online Broadcasting Act. Access to local news and information matters to everyone, and while radio stations use their airwaves to keep you informed, we also use social media to share local news, events, and initiatives, and even content about our upcoming programming. We need you to write your MP and convey your concerns. Learn more and find a letter template for your MP on our website, cfrc.ca. Thank you for your support. 